0: And Martin Palomo.
1: Welcome to another edition of Mind on My Money, presented by Argent Wealth. I'm Neil McCready, joined by Martin Palomo from Argent Wealth there in Ridgeland, Mississippi. It's uh, Thursday, February the 29th. It's a leap day edition of the show. Made it through February. By the time you hear this on tomorrow, if you listen to this on, on Friday, happy March. This is March. They're going to play basketball games in March balls are going to go through nets and people in my field are going to act like it's the first time it's ever happened. That's, that's, uh, that's March. Anyway, I'll tell you real quick, I'm coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. Speaking of March, if you're listening to this at the end of February, today would be a really good day. Get uh, in touch with Corey Clark. Got to move, uh, got to move units. As they say in the uh, vehicle business, you got to move cars. You got to move trucks at the end of the month. Keep that in mind. So the, the new stock comes in sometimes beginning of the month, still motivated to move vehicles. If you think you're in the market for a car, call Corey. You might be in the market for a Ford. You might not be in the market for a Ford. You might find out that you are in the market for a Ford. Uh, take my word for it. We have a driveway full of them. We love them. Uh, great service. Uh, great vehicles. You'll love it at Clark Ford 662-257-1900. And Martin, uh, first of all, hello. Welcome to the show. And before we get rolling into some of the things we're going to talk about, inflation and more, Um, what's happening there at Argent?
2: Howdy, sir. Yeah, man. Uh glad to be back. Uh man, we are kind of in the middle of we're in the middle of our busy season. Tax and taxes season kinds kind of tends to be a little bit busy uh for us anyway. However, we are we've had a couple of, of listeners that, you know, have reached out. My team is working um, you know, with them and we're super grateful for our listeners to to have, uh, you know, the trust in us to, to call us and, and see if a relationship can be built. So, you know, I, I know we say it all the time on the show, but you know, there's a lot of people that are DIYs and do it yourself and and that's great. And if you're having success and you like it, that's wonderful. Um, you know, if you kind of want to, an opinion on whether you're on track or not, or if there's holes in the, in the plan that, uh, you need someone to help you fill, you know, we can see if that makes sense for you and makes sense for us. Uh, give us a call 601 601- Nine five seven zero three two three, or email us at info at uh, myargenta wealth All
1: right, we're gonna. I know we'll probably end up deviating at the end of some of the. We'll make our weekly updates on our predictions as we go and stuff like that. But I want to start yeah. with inflation. It's a story in the Wall Street Journal today. Uh, it's written by Justin Lehart or Lahart it's Lehart, the way it's pronounced uh what's up justin he Thanks says by one measure inflation is closing in on the federal reserves 2.2 percentage 2 percent target yes let's, let's try that again neil your ulm <laughs> your ulm education here we go Har- harvard on the bayou baby by one measure inflation is closing in on the federal reserves 2 percent target see at ulm you give us a second chance to read a sentence and you nail it hey, all bets are off at that point.
2: Well, who was the, who was the baseball player that was like, you know, uh, or maybe it was golf that was like, you know, any idiot can do it right the second time.
1: Oh, I didn't see that one. That's, <laughs> that's, that's probably the it's, true for, it's It's true for me also. The ULM mantra. I love By it. Another, it is still far away. Whether and how that gap closes could be critical to Fed plans this year. We always talk about the Fed and interest rates. Uh, the labor department's monthly report on consumer prices known as the consumer price index or CPI is generally thought of as the inflation report. It generates headlines, features in politicians, speeches, and moves markets, including earlier this month when a hotter than expected report sent the Dow Jones industrial average tumbling uh, more than 500 points, but the labor department's figures aren't the feds focus. Instead, the central bank bases its 2% inflation target on the inflation data that comes with the Commerce Department's monthly report on income and spending. That is known as the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, or PCE. PCE prices run cooler than the CPI, and lately the gap between the two has been especially large. Thursday, The Commerce Department reported that overall consumer prices rose 0.3% in January from December, putting them up 2.4% from a year earlier. In contrast, the January CPI was up 3.1% from a year earlier. PCE prices, excluding food and energy items, the core figure that policymakers and economists watch in an effort to better understand inflation's underlying trend, rose 2.8% in January from a year earlier. That compares with a 3.9% in core CPI. While core PCE always runs cooler than the core CPI, the difference between the two has rarely been so wide in the 60 years before the pandemic, their median gap was just 0.4 percentage points. All right. There's a little bit more here, but I'll I'll stop for a minute so you can uh, dive in a little bit. So two different numbers Um, the fed looks at one, the media and politicians look at another. Yeah. Fill me in a little bit.
2: Well, all right. So there, there is a little bit of a, there's, there's quite a difference. Actually. We say a little bit, it's, it, it's quite a difference. Um, so, so CPI is the number that probably me, you and our listeners feel right. Because the PCI, I mean, the, the CPI consumer price index number which is usually the higher one, uh, includes cost of food, cost of energy. Um, so it seems like it doesn't matter what time of year it is. Let's just, let's just talk about the energy piece for just a second. We'll exclude food from, from the conversation for, for just a moment. So don't think about just gasoline in your car. I'm talking about, uh, you know, the gas to heat your house, um, to, you know, heat your uh, – if you have a gas oven, you know, to cook your food. Or the electricity um you know to cool your house to run all of your stuff like yeah, i your don't know or
1: your dryer all that
2: stuff all that stuff um that my bill and and i i'm going to be honest here like our i don't think we have used more electricity you know in the last year two years i actually feel like you know we've actually used less electricity in my house because like my kids are kind of on the you know I used to have to run around and cut things off after them and you know and make sure that they're not uh you know just wasting electricity and they've got they're pretty good about it like my 10 year old is you know she leaves a room she cuts a light off and my house during the, at the my house we have you know these large windows all the way through the house so a lot of times you know in the daytime especially on the weekends if you drive by my house it'll look like nobody's home because all the lights are off, but that's just because the natural sunlight, you know, kind of lights the house up. So we don't flip, you know, all of the lights on, but dude, my energy bill, my electricity bill has been higher, you know, this year over last year. And I, I feel like if I go back and I do a consumption analysis, which I haven't done, uh, maybe if I'm ADD enough one night, I'll get really hyper fixated on it. And I'll put, throw in an Excel sheet. Um, but I feel like, you know, my, the cost of electricity in my house is, you know, has increased the cost of gas at my house has 100% increased because 100% dude, I used to, uh, my gas bill each month used to be, you know, 75 or 80 and it's running consistently at 140 and I'm on the, um, like level billing, uh, so that it stays kind of the same all year versus getting, you know, a spike in the winter and then dropping during the summer. Um, so like that's consistently sticky numbers. Uh, now let's talk about food. I, and I'll say, I say exclude gasoline because I mean, gas is so, so volatile, the price of gas is so volatile, but for the most part, you know, it has kind of been in the, you know, two fifty to $3 in Jackson, two fifty to $3 a gallon range, you know, for the last year, but like our grocery store costs have gone up significantly, uh, you know, in the last, and, and I'll say that's probably a, a little bit of a factor. We are eating more at home uh, than we did eating out, which is also a, me making alternative decisions because even though it's easier when we're out and about to grab something, I'm just to the point now where I'm unwilling to run through Chick-fil-A with four people and spend 50 bucks at Chick-fil-A. Cause I'm just like, man, where did my dollars go? And then even here at the office, you know, we used to go out for lunch or have lunch brought in, you know, every day. And I kind of got to where I was spending, you know, 15 to $20 a day for lunch. And I was just like, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. So it adds up, you know, I'm buying meats at the, like we, it's funny, man, we've got three, we got three dudes in the office that we all go in on Costco, you know, get two loaves of bread, uh, you know, sandwich meats. And it's kind of good for the office because, you know, like we, we're spending our lunch hour fraternizing. We're not talking about business. We're, you know, building relationships with each other and continuing relationships with each other. But, um, But, you know, like that was, that was killing me at the, at the end of the month when I was, you know, I look at my Amex bill and I kind of, you know, if you do it online, you can sort by person. So like, I'll sort my card versus Jennifer's card. Yeah. And, uh, I'm laughing,
1: I'm laughing in case you wonder, because as you say that, so I, um, and she's a great kid. I mean, she's an awesome kid. I mean, if, 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 if everyone could have a kid like Caroline, your life would just be better. Cause we don't really have to parent. She, she's totally responsible. She's a four O student. Um, just a, an amazing kid. And I'll look at her discover card. She's got yeah. it. I help her pay it obviously. And it's, you know, help her build credit as she gets into her adult years. Yep. And you'll look on it and it's like, she's like, I don't, I don't go out to eat. And you're like, you don't, it's true. But you know that nine dollars at Starbucks every day. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yep. do the math on that, right? Yep. I mean, you don't think about it, and it's an easy trap to fall into. I'm not picking on her because everyone can fall into this, but hundred percent. You know, if you do nine dollars a day or ten dollars a day at Starbucks five days a week, yep. Well, that's fifty bucks a week at yep. two hundred bucks a 50, month. At fifty two weeks a year, yep, you're, you're dropping some coin at Starbucks. For a cup of coffee that, hey, nothing against you guys at Starbucks, but your coffee's very good. Um, your coffee's coffee, right? It's coffee.
2: It's expensive coffee, yes. And so, you know, for the- Well, all coffee at coffee shops are expensive, so.
1: And I'm like, you know, literally for the same amount, you could just, you know, do a Keurig in your room, knock that out, put it in a, in a, in a Styrofoam cup, and off you go, and it's the same yep. thing. You're paying for the Starbucks experience, and you're really paying for it.
2: Really paying for it. Yeah, I mean, and all right. Can I pick on Caroline? Like, I'm not gonna not pick sure, on her, like, sure. embarrass her, but pick on her. Let's just say Caroline is the average American. You know, I know all of our listeners to mine on my money pay their credit cards off at the end of every month, and they don't pay interest. I know that all of our listeners do that, right? But let's just say that Caroline is I mean, you talking average.
1: to someone who you're talking to someone who tries to. And, and, and that's it, it, when you really notice it. Like if you are a person who tries to, we'll get back to picking on Caroline in a minute, but I'm trying to teach this to her. I know that hers is paid off at the end of every month. Yep. But so you, you'll notice it, right? It's like, okay, do you notice how usually your credit card was like $300 a month? And now it's $550 a month. Yep. And so when you say to me, I don't do anything different. Okay. Number one, you probably are but let's say you're not. Yeah. That's, that's the price cost creep. of goods going yep. up and creeping up on you in Correct. a way that it's not glaring, right? If 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 you're used to paying $3.20 for a cup of coffee and suddenly that cup of coffee is $3.85. Yep. I don't know that you spend a lot of time on Tuesday morning going that's 65 cents, man. That was 65 cents. Did you see that? That was 65 cents. Well, but if you do 65 cents every day, yeah, well, so 10 days,
2: it's you At know, you've, days, it's you just 650 an and... extra
1: six dollars and 50 cents. So that's an extra $20 a month. Yeah, on the coffee piece, and that's just on the coffee piece, right? Correct. So if, if you also, hey, you know, twice a week, me and some of my buddies, me and some of my girlfriends go to. I'm trying to think of the name of the Mexican place that they like. It's like uh tacos for life or 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 chewies or something like that, right? And they go and they're kids. They they go and 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 they they you know get a couple of couple of tacos or a taco salad or whatever the case may be. And and that was used to be, you know, I'm making up numbers, Martin. 895 and now it's nine ninety-five. Well, that's a yep. dollar here and a dollar then and, and the so yeah, your discover bill that used to be $350 a month is now $600 a month. And you're like, but we didn't, we don't do, I don't do anything differently.
2: Yep. But that's, and that's the inflation. That is the price creep. And so what ends up happening though, is, um, you know, when you go out to eat, it's not just the groceries that you're paying for. You're paying for the cost of that taco Is including the groceries that, you know, obviously you can buy the groceries at the grocery store and all you have is the grocery expense, at least for this conversation, all you have is a grocery expense. But if you go to Tacos for Life or Chewy's or, you know, whomever, Chipotle, not only are you paying for the groceries, but if you and I had increases in our energy prices and our light bills and our gas bill, Chipotle had the same you know, increase in energy, but they also have wages they have to pay. So you're paying for your groceries plus the energy bill plus the, you know, wage growth. And, and that's how you end up with, you know, a $20 burrito and where you could make the burrito at your house for probably, I don't know, two bucks, three bucks, something like that. But you've got, you know, all of this embedded cost into the burrito where people are going to start saying like, okay. I love burritos and I love burritos, love them, love them. Um, But like you get to the point of where you go, okay, I can't spend 20 bucks on a burrito. So I'm going to have to make those. I'm going to have to make that at home. Mm -hmm. So then you make that alternative decision and all of a sudden Chipotle is now has less revenue because Neil has said, or Martin has said, uh, all right, I can't go to Chipotle anymore. I'm going to do this at home. Um, you know, and then Chipotle starts saying, Hey, our costs are, are, you know, our, our revenues are real, are down and I can't negotiate my energy prices. I can't negotiate my, you know, uh, my cost of, uh, you know, taxes and things like that. But the thing that I can re- decrease is my wages costs. So then people start getting laid off. And, and then, then this is kind of how we get into the quote unquote recessionary periods is that, you know, we have. Uh we have unemployment rising, uh people making different decisions, and this is where you get. It. And I think so. I'll say, like, for my house, you know, we've been, I've been and I shared with you pre-show, I'll share a little bit, you know, on the air. It's like for the last three months, I've been looking at our expenses and um and they have they have they're unsustainable where where they are. And, you know, and I had that conversation with Jennifer, and I was like, look. There's some things that we're doing that is, you know, we weren't doing previously and we're going to stop doing those things. And, you know, for a lot of people, um, you know, they can cut some things out of their budget. Like, you know, they can make alternative decisions about food, you know, whether it's they buy, go from store brand to, you know, the national, I mean, to uh, the generic brands or you stop eating out and you start eating in the house. Like some people make those decisions. But then there's only so much you can really cut out of that. And, you know, we can't go to energy or Mississippi, you know, power or, you know, Tennessee Valley Authority and negotiate our, you know, our energy prices. You're stuck with those. So you can't, you can't do anything about that. Um, And then where people get really start cutting at that point, which this is awful for our, you know, our not for profits is people start going, well, you know, when I had money, like it was easy for me to gift to, um, you know, the, Ole Miss alumni association, or, you know, I was easier to, it was easier to give to when the church a,
1: for NIL and things like that. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, the this, churches. This, got this a, is where it's going to get it. We're, this is the part of the conversation that's about to get interesting. Cause I, 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 yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
2: Yeah. no, I was saying like, you know, like we just had a big build at our church where, um, you know, we needed to redo the upper floor of our church. And there was this kind of capital raise we did at the church and we were able to get that done. But i kind of think if, you know if that would have been a year a year from now you know it may be harder for our church to uh to have have raised that money or our church might start seeing the same thing as where you know some of the gifting starts decreasing maybe people turn their tithe into an eighth you know or into a into a fifth because uh they're saying like hey man like I want to do this but I'm getting squeezed at home and mm-hmm. I love god but going bankrupt is not worth you know, continuing to tithe and you start seeing those things get cut out or people start to stop, they stop or they reduce their contributions to their 401k. And so those are kind of alternative decisions that start happening when, when the squeeze really happens, but man, the squeeze is coming from inflation. But then also I'm going to pick, go back to picking on Caroline for just a second. I'll finish that thought and then we can shift gears to, to what you want to talk about. So let's say that Caroline is the average American, right? And the average American is, is carrying a balance on their, on their credit cards. And, you know, they say the average balance is like four or 5,000 bucks, but let's just say you're carrying a balance on your credit card and you're making your minimum payment, but your minimum payment has increased significantly, you know, in the last two years, because, you know, interest rates on credit cards two years ago were, you know, maybe the average was low teens. And now you're looking at the average interest rate on credit cards is in the low 20s. Well, you know, people with home equity lines of credit that, you know, took out during COVID, took out a home equity line of credit when it was, you know, 2% or 2.5%. And they did all these projects in their house, you know, they painted, they uh, redid the, you know, the appliances, they redid their kitchen, and they haven't paid off their home equity line of credit. Well, now the interest rate on their home equity line of credit is... Somewhere in the, you know, eight to ten percent range. So, you know, if you borrowed, let's just say you did a kitchen remodel and it was fifty thousand bucks, you know, uh, your interest payment on that fifty thousand dollars at, uh, at two percent, you know, was was what a, thousand bucks a year. I'm doing I'm doing public math. Uh, does that sound right? I'd like to fifty thousand.
1: Uh, I like, uh, no, no, this, uh, yeah, for, it's a thousand uh, bucks. You're about to piss me off. I went to ULM. Uh, we we don't know these things. Okay.
2: Um, that, <laughs> we'll do the backwards math of that. Yeah. 50,000, 10% of 50,000 is 5,000. 10% of that is 500 times two, 2% would be a thousand bucks. That's how I got, there's my gymnastics, the thousand dollar interest payment.
1: Well, now Wait, if interest payments got, are. You just got a, a doctorate at ULM. They, they'll It'll put, they'll put you. is my
2: PhD a, in the mail.
1: Yeah. PhD in mathematics right there. They're like, <laughs> oh, mathematics. Guy wow, this guy, Uh,
2: I'm a, i am I know I've also got a little bit of Indian blood in me too. Like India with the dot, not, not the, not the feather. Um, but so, you know, if your interest payment was a thousand bucks a year at 2% and then now your interest rate is, you know, has jumped to 10%. We'll just use that for easy math. That same 50,000, you know, now, uh, you're paying $5,000. So it's gone up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. and then so where did that extra four grand come from? Because wages haven't really grown by that much. Wages have grown a little bit, but in the last two years, they haven't grown that much. So that's kind of where you're starting to see, like, I think that's where people are going to get squeezed. And the facts, the the statistics tell us that, um, you know, the U.S. consumer was in great shape during COVID because we had all this money pumped into the economy well most folks have spent their savings but their lifestyle didn't change so now what's happening is those credit card balances or those home equity lines of credit are rising because people are trying to maintain the same standard of living um, and the cost of money is significantly more expensive and there becomes a breaking point to where people say okay i can't do this anymore i'm cutting off the you know the gym membership, I'm cutting off the, uh, you know, the golf club, I'm cutting off the, you know, whatever the, the extra stuff, we're not going to go on vacation, you know, this summer, we're not going to, you know, uh, give extra money, you know, Christmas is going to be smaller. Like those are the, the things that start happening in household budgets for the average person, you know, and, And it becomes a, an alternative decision-making process. And that begins that, that tips us into the, how things slow down on the economy. And we just haven't gotten there yet. So onto the fed, if the fed can foresee this, the thing that they start doing, and it may be a little ahead of time is they start cutting rates ahead of time, ahead of where the alternative decisions really come into place to give people a little bit of reprieve to, you know, we manufactured a a soft landing or a no landing at all um you know deal here but at some point because fed fund rates are still higher than normal i think an average a normal fed fund rate is going to be about two and a half to three percent right now we're in that five and a quarter to five 550 um and, you know and that has an impact on on uh dis- on interest rates everywhere all right i verbally vomited all over our listeners but I think that it was an important conversation. So you were going to say about the NIL deal, the yeah, Grove. So, well,
1: uh, it just, it's just like in my in my world, right? I, I talked to a lot of people about college athletics and so much conversation about NIL, which is simply just paying a bunch of money into a thing to pay football players and basketball players to play sports at your school. I mean, salary is what it is. But look, yep. that's discretionary income. No one's yep. making you give money to state you. No one, and so these schools Correct. are making decisions. That's where it's complicated. You know, you're in the room at Ole Miss or Mississippi State or Alabama or whatever, and you're sitting there. I mean, my you know, got it, uh, ULM. We just, we just, we just do whatever it takes. But at at those schools. At Millsaps, we don't have NIL, so no. And, and the truth <laughs> is, all jokes aside, ULM doesn't either. I mean, so they they stare at this and go, "Is this viable ten years from now?" And the answer is probably not. Um, <clears throat> but if you're an Ole Miss, right, for example, you're trying to raise money for for uh, tickets. You're trying to you're, you're trying to get uh, you also are trying to raise the salary so you can pay the players, because the players go to the schools that pay the most money. Um, and you're hitting people up at the same time that they're going through what we just discussed. They're spending more at home, um, to warm their house, to cool their house, to do whatever. The things
2: you have to do to survive. Those get paid first.
1: And so the decisions that start getting made is okay. Well, you know, they're sitting at the proverbial, uh, kitchen table and, and she says, Jenny says to Sam, why are we giving money to the Grove Collective when we could take that money and go to Disney? Yeah. Or Or to the beach. Yep. Or, you know, and last year we did both, but this year things are more expensive and I'm a little worried about X.
2: Yeah. Grove Collective is gone.
1: We did that. First one to go. We did that. We did that home equity line a couple years ago and it made sense. Yep. And, we're still paying that off but the interest rates going up on it and now we're paying yep. more than we anticipated paying correct it's, it's not your fault sam but this is where we are but it is what it is that's right and you know and and you know and he's telling her hey you're spending way too much money at the hairdresser mm-hmm. and she's mm-hmm. going why are we giving this money to the grove collective or to whatever right correct
2: I and mean, this my- conversation is happening in my house except for it's not Grove Collective.
1: Yeah. So yep. in my house, well, in my house, it's happening, right? And you and I talked about this. I mean, yep. you do well. I do well. Um, hold on one second.
0: You're good. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
1: Letting Chase know that I'm doing a uh, podcast. No worries. Yeah, um, dude. But you're right. I mean, we yeah, did so, have this conversation. So we're, we're doing well. And so the conversation goes to, okay, well, for example, in the last couple of months, I'll give people some background. Our range, the oven, yep. went out. It was 18 years old. Yeah, we got, got your money's worth. We got our money's worth. But it went out uh, at the same time because God likes to uh, to to tease you our hot water heaters started to have problems. Mm, that's Murphy, the, dude. They were the original hot water heaters. Yep. Replace those. Um, Laura, bless her heart, got a wild hair and decided that, you know, the upstairs bathrooms, which are the original paint and stuff, are nasty. Uh, we need to paint them. So we had a painter come out and say, hey, do you know that the vent work in here doesn't work? So we had to have that replaced. Mm-hmm. So the point is, is that you run into these expenses like this, Um, I had my that are
2: not in your budget.
1: I had my knee surgery, which was not in my budget, and even after insurance, the knee surgery was about four grand out of pocket. Yeah. Um, and so the the conversation goes to. We can't do a vacation. This is not going to happen. We can't do a vacation. And if we were to do a vacation, you're putting it all on a credit card. And now you're paying more on the interest on that, which makes the vacation, let's say a vacation that you've got penciled in at six thousand dollars, is suddenly it ain't really going to be six thousand dollars. You know that, right? It's going to no, it's going to be seventy two hundred. Yeah, if you put it on the 8, credit card, and dollars, right? So, yeah. so I, I have to think that's what's happening kind of all over the country, and it's why in an election year the 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 the, the ruling party's like cut the interest rates. Cut the interest rates make people feel better about this. But I'm reading from this story, and, you know, they said that the, the Commerce Department uses CPI for many of the PCE, whatever. Healthcare services, inflation in the CPI has been running warmer than in the PCE over the past several months, a trend they expect to continue. The upshot is that the gap between the CPI and PCE inflation will remain relatively wide for most of the year. They also think that both core CPI and core PCE could be bumpy until the spring, and then both measures will ultimately cool with core CPI up 2.6% from a year earlier uh, by December and core PCE up 2%. That could make the Fed much more comfortable about cutting rates eventually. But we're not talking about, like, next month. So, you know, I mean, I... Yeah, I think the 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 point of this is that... Yeah, the point of this is that inflation's a real thing, and it, it impacts people's lives in ways beyond, man, the grocery store sure is expensive these days.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, you're correct about that. And, you know, the conversation about, you know, what are the alternative decisions, you know, they are the discretionary income, the discretionary stuff, which discretionary or the basic definition of that is anything that is not required to sustain life. So, you know, you're going to pay for, you're going to pay rent. You're going to pay your mortgage. uh, You're going to pay your, for groceries. um, You're going to pay for electricity. You're going to pay for gas. You need to get to work. uh, You're going to pay for gasoline for your vehicle. um, You know, like those things are going to get paid, but really kind of above that. And it may be even people say like, Hey, I've got a, you know, I bought this truck in, you know, in 2020 and uh you know i had a little bit more money in my pocket and now i have less money in my pocket and maybe i have to trade my truck in for a lower payment or um you know if or or for something different because i need better gas mileage or like those type of decisions really do start happening um you know and and Unfortunately, it is the discretionary is what gets cut first. But you got if you think about how what the American economy is built on, America America is a service economy, and so when discretionary spending gets cut, I mean that's our economy feels it um, the most. It's you know we're not providing we're not doing the basics for uh, our economy is not built on you know standard of living basics and you know there will be uh there will be some some decisions that get made at some point in the future i mean i'm not gloom and doom going oh the world is about to end but i think this does the conversations with the fed do i mean obviously i'm not in i'm not a board of, i'm not in the fed i'm not a governor fed governor and i'm not in the board meeting for the fed governors but i imagine the conversations have to be you know hey we were late to the game, uh, for getting this inflation choked out. What we don't need to do is be late to the game. If we see that there is stress in the economy, we don't need to let things implode before we step in and go, okay, Hey, you know what? We probably need to cut. So I think this is my opinion. I could be totally wrong here. I think that they kind of start looking at writing and they say, Hey, uh, you know, there could be a little bit of stress. Um, you know, next year, let's go ahead and, you know, like preemptively start some of this cutting, uh, so that we can, we can front run this stress and where, you know, that the average American is getting a little bit of reprieve, but dude, sometimes this sounds awful to say this. Sometimes you got to get your, you know, your clock cleaned before people go, Oh crap. Okay. Well, you know, I should have been more disciplined in my budget and, not running up the, you,
1: you know, know, and they the try the, the, the Fed, the, the Fed tries to stay out of political stuff. They don't like to yeah. look like they're politicized. And the later they wait in 2024, it's a lot of pressure to do something, the more there's going to be pressure on them to just kind of wait 2024 out.
2: Yeah. I, man, and truth be told, is I think if we don't get a cut in June, we don't get one until after What's
1: the right? election. That's what I think, too. Because I, I, I think if they cut in September, October, it starts looking like. Yep. It could get, Even though it might be appropriate. It could be. Yeah. It could be used as a political cudgel. Uh, all right. You want to try. Wait.
2: You just said ULM, and you just used a $5 word.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, every you, once in a while. You trash-talked
2: your ULM education and every just threw out a, a $5 with, word on it. Well,
1: what we would do here and there sometimes is at the end of a class – after we got through working on our arithmetic and our basic, you know, letters, big A, small A, you know, big B, little B, we'd work on those kind of things. And then every so often a professor would say, all right, at some point you guys are going to take a break from your um, blue collar jobs and you're going to play Scrabble and you want to be good at it. So let's learn a word today. And there was a day that at one point, we, learned, I, I remember learning the word cudgel. Cudgel. It's very complicated.
2: and Not gratuitous. It was
1: gratuitous. Helped, helped you out. Yeah, I just threw you out a what, another. Was, what is gratuitous? Uh, like it not see. It seems like right now you're, you're being superfluous. <laughs> that was another one we did. Because someone said at ULM, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said Superman. And He, looked at him and he like, dude, come on, you know, and so I, he said, well, let me let's let's turn this into a learning experience, and so I learned the word superfluous, and I won a whole Scrabble competition by using it one time. It was awesome. There you go. Well, but the, I have the, a really funny story was, about the girl that I was playing um, at ULM in the finals. I mean, the biggest word she used the entire time was dog. So I mean, I, it was it was not a difficult competition.
2: So you had it. Yeah, one you had time it in the back.
1: she broke into tears and said, "This isn't fair." And it was over, but yeah, it was a great championship.
2: So do the first time I met Jennifer's parents, um, we went to eat, uh, at a, a restaurant that's not even here anymore. And we were just chilling in like her dad is, a he's a, he's a CPA by training and trade. He was chief financial officer for staple cotton, real like polished, cleaned, buttoned up guy. And, um, I was, you know, uh, I was a train wreck anyway, in my late twenties, but I was trying to get my life together and, you know, his daughter, very beautiful, uh, very smart. And which is also a little, which was intimidating from the get go anyway. But so we go to dinner and when Jen has introduced me to her father, I had met her mother previously. She tells him, dad, Martin likes to say the F word. And I was just like eyes wide open I was mortified like this is how you introduce me to your father and he looks at me doesn't miss a beat and says uh I would never use such gratuitous language and so dude I excuse myself to the bathroom and I had an iPhone but it was like you know this is 2010 so it was like first generation iPhone and I'm looking up gratuitous <laughs> <laughs> and so now I use the word whenever I possibly can I had no idea what that word meant Uh, I'll probably, I'm not an easily embarrassed, dude, but I know I had to have turned 50 shades of red, uh, when Jen tells me, which I mean, there is a little bit of truth in what she said, but I don't use it like she would have, you know, described, but come to find out like her dad is a real dry humor type dude. And that was totally him messing with me, but I had, I didn't have that frame of reference. Uh, all I knew is that he was like a very polished professional guy and just told me, you know that he would never use such a gratuitous language. A word I didn't even know what it meant. I had to go look up what it meant.
1: I curse and then far, I was embarrassed. I curse far more than I w- would like to. Um, I I I get mad at myself about it. It's one of the things that if if you told me then and sometimes people will justify it by going, you know, s- smarter people use curse words. You know, only people who cuss say that. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think that's true. <laughs> um. I mean, I don't want to get, become the guy that's like, "Oh golly darn!" I don't want to be that guy. I, I don't, I but but I'd like to stop using it gratuitously. I, I mean, I, I would, I would, I would love. It's it's actually, it's actually a um, a New Year's resolution that would be worth actually trying to make, as opposed to, "Hey, I'm I'm not going to eat, or I'm not going to whatever." I mean, dude, you can give it up for Lent, man. It just happened. So, it's like yeah. what, thirty days left. Lent has 30 days left? I don't know, something like that. He trying not to curse for 30 days. I wonder if I can. Yeah.
2: End. Well, I mean, hey, it's February 29th. Oh, it's February 29th, dude. Yeah, it's
1: leap it's day. It's leap year, man. I know it's leap day.
2: Happy leap day. I just realized that when I looked at my computer. Yeah, so like I think I think uh Easter is like the end of March for like last week in March, so it is it's the last. week. Yeah, about about 30 days. You mm-hmm. want to make that that uh commitment for the next month to try not to use swear words?
1: Okay. All right, I'm going to see. I will report back to you and see how well I do. I'm going to. Are make, you going to
2: keep track of it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I will. I will. I will. You should do track. like a cuss jar and drop a penny in for every time you cuss, and that way you can kind of keep a uh, you know a, a numerical track of your cussing.
1: And however much I put in the jar, I'll give it to the ULM. <laughs> that's your it. and that's your nil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so oh, we always do. We always do politics at the end. So here we go. Um, Bloomberg, Bloomberg MC. I think that's Marist College put out uh, its latest poll. They did a swing states poll. This is pretty interesting stuff on a week where uh, all of Trump's court stuff is in the in the headlines. Hunter Biden's on Wash at Washington D.C. Uh, we've got the the border crisis really heating up. Both Trump and Biden going to the border today as we record this on Thursday. Got a lot going on. Um, Super Tuesday right around the corner. it appears that both, right around the corner, both Trump and Biden are going to have landslide victories in their respective uh, parties on Super Tuesday. but uh, swing states poll they asked people in the swing states, would you say the economy is better off under Trump or better off under Biden? Fifty-one percent said better off under Trump. Thirty-four percent said better off under Biden.
2: Where did the Where did the other thirteen
1: percent? They don't say. Oh, they probably do. But it, this is this is the critical part. <laughs> okay. Uh, your personal financial situation. Fifty-one percent said it's better off under Trump. Thirty percent said it's better off under Biden. Wait, how many? How many was better off under Trump? 50?
2: Fifty-one. Fifty-one. Okay, so fifty-one and fifty-one for Trump
1: i okay. asked them what is the single most important issue to you when deciding who to vote for in the 2024 presidential election? Number one, should surprise no one, the economy. 35 percent. Number two, immigration, the border. 16 percent. Number three, democracy, which I think is the J6, all that stuff. Ten percent. Number four, Social Security and Medicare also 10%. So uh number 5, this is the this is the spot for Republicans where I'm telling you it's their weak spot, it's going to get them hurt, abortion, 6%. <clears throat> uh healthcare is 5%, climate change is 4%, guns and crime 3%, uh the Israeli Hamas war is 2%. Um all right, in swing states they did a, a a just Trump versus Biden. So those are your two choices. Trump leads by six in Pennsylvania. He leads by six in Nevada. He leads by four in Wisconsin, six in Georgia, six in Arizona, nine in North Carolina, two in uh, Michigan. So Trump leading. Wow. All Bloom, of them. According to Bloomberg Marist College, Trump leads in uh, in all of them. Let's see. Uh, I'm gonna need my glasses for this one. It's not Marist College, by the way. It's Morning Counts co- Consult. So, uh, Bloomberg Morning Consult. I was looking for one more thing because they did it with. Uh, they did it with – they included uh, Robert Kennedy and all of that. Let me see if I can find that. Um, gotcha. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I know this is not great. Pod. Uh, they uh, did some some other polling with Emerson, Emerson College polling. Um Okay, here we go. Same. In a situation where you include Biden, Trump, Robert F. Kennedy, Carnell West, and Stein, who I think is the, maybe the Green Party. Green kid. Party, yep. Um, Trump leads in North Carolina by 10, with Kennedy getting 9% of the vote. Okay. Trump leads in Pennsylvania by 9 with Kennedy getting 8% of the vote. Trump leads in Arizona by 9, with Kennedy getting 9% of the vote. Trump leads in Nevada by 7, with Kennedy getting 9% of the vote. Trump leads in Georgia by 7, with Kennedy getting 6% of the vote. Trump leads in Wisconsin by 6, with Kennedy getting 10% of the vote. And Trump leads in Michigan by 1% with Kennedy getting nine percent of the vote. So the take from that is when you include, and by the way, in all of those, Stein and West get one percent each. Uh, with in a couple of states, Stein doesn't get any percent. But so anyway, the the, the, the the takeaway is with the exception of Michigan, where Kennedy's president presence dips into Trump's lead, in the other states, Kennedy's presence on the ballot takes away from Biden. It yep. is where, it is where Biden uh, is struggling with his own party. It's one of the things that I th- think has been most interesting in some, of the, um, the some primaries. of the primaries has been, there's been a lot of focus and rightfully so. I understand it. I, I don't, I don't even think this is agenda journalism as much as it's just hey, You're reporting the numbers. Nikki Haley has lost, but she's gotten good numbers. She's gotten good numbers. She's, she's, she's resonating with a certain segment of of the the voting populace um but biden has shown weakness as well when 16 17 18% of the people who go to the ballot go out none of these dudes including yeah. the sitting the sitting president of the united states of america that that is a sign of um of discord they're they're yeah. they're, they're upset they're angry and and it's vulnerability and
2: yeah i mean that was the michigan I know I screenshot it and sent it to you. Uh I was just it kind of blew me away the in the Michigan primary. And and I don't know how it ended cuz I that was still early. I think they had maybe 10% of the vote in when they had called it. It ended about but, like, um, like what you sent me. Yeah, like 16% just voted uncommitted. Like they wrote they wrote the words uncommitted in and and voted for uncommitted. That's a that's a that's a statement, sir. And I don't know, man. Kind of the I don't know if RFK uh, is going to do uh, to the Democrats what Perot did to the
1: Republicans. Well, as of of today, again, there's a long time between now and the election. Correct. But as of today, that's what it looks like if you do a national poll. And to me, these things are meaningless. So I'm going to say that up front. Swing states, I'm fascinated. National poll, it doesn't really yeah. matter because it doesn't right. matter how much Trump runs up the score in Texas. In, it, yeah, it, doesn't or matter. Yeah. it doesn't matter how much Biden runs up the score in California. You get right. you get the electoral votes, and that's that, right? Yep. Um, but uh straight up Trump has a this is according to uh national GE. I'm not sure what that is, national general election by active vote US. Um it says confidently vote in every election. Daily Democracy, your personal democracy app. They did a poll. Um, they have Trump up six, and among independents, and this is where the election is going to come down to. They have Trump up eight. Uh, if you do, um, if you do odds right now, meaning Vegas odds. Josh Hendrickson sent this to me. Right now. <laughs> Trump has about a 53% chance of winning the White House. Biden has about a 32% chance. Okay. So that's Vegas going, we don't, this is not our politics. This is our money. Yeah. is our money. Yep. Uh, it. It's It's the reason that you see some, I thought you saw some panic yesterday, even though the Supreme Court just announced that they're going to hear the the Trump case. No one knows how they're going to rule on it. They're pretty unpredictable. The, a lot of the Democrats didn't seem to like the language that the, the 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 Supreme Court used, and also by the delay, the odds of of them getting a trial for Trump in D.C. getting a trial scheduled, getting a trial held, getting a case to a jury, and getting a verdict before Election Day are really slim. Really slim. Yep. Yeah. The things be pretty slow. The case in Georgia has hit a monumental roadblock. That's the fault of the prosecutor, obviously. Um, it's, it is what we always thought it would be. It is going to be just an, it, it, and it's shaping up the, the more that the story gets written, the more that you're like, Oh, this thing is going to be really dramatic, isn't it? Cause I, I think it is. I think we're in for just an absolutely dramatic fall. All right, Martin, before we uh, close for the, for the day, you're, uh, we won't decide our prediction until the, the Thursday before the election on November the fifth. So sometime around Halloween, we'll put in our final picks. But if you had to pick today, what's your what's your prediction for president? I'm going to
2: stay on my I'm going to stay on my uh, on my path. I'm going to say if we had to vote today, or if, if this was decided today, I'm going to go with uh with Mister DJT for uh, the I guess the third consecutive pod in a row. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say that's going to be, well, you're the, what the data you said supports that, but I was going to, I was basing this off of the 16%, uh, uncommitted, uh, vote to, yeah, Mr. To president Biden in Michigan. That was my basis before uh, you read all your data.
1: Here's the rest of this, by the way, they have, according to Vegas, odds a 72% chance that the Republicans, uh, maintain the Senate or win the Senate and a 57% chance that the Democrats win back the house. Mm. So I mean, look,
2: a gridlock government is actually a good government. So,
1: um, I will say I will stick once again, I'll go two weeks in a row. Uh, Trump wins in an electoral landslide, but loses the popular vote, but loses popular. Okay. That's my that's my guess. I, I think that in these swing states, um, Georgia for obvious reasons this week, that's that is going to be a difficult thing for the Democrats to overcome. That is that is a that is a terrible look. The the mayor of Athens, his comments were disgraceful. The fact that uh the president will not say her name. Uh Lakin. He won't say her name. Lake Lakin Riley who is being laid to rest tomorrow. God bless her soul. My thoughts and prayers with her family and all of her friends. It's just awful. Um it's so a I I think that I don't want to use her as a political tool, so I won't. But I I think the fallout from that story is going to really hurt the Democrats even months from now. So I think I think Trump's going to win Georgia. But between that and the fanny uh, what's her name? Fannie Willis and all that stuff. I, I just think, I think George is very clearly going to steer the other direction. And then on the border, I think you have States like Arizona and Nevada that are very obsessed with the border right now. And, and right now, Biden's losing the PR battle at the border badly. Yep. And you, you change a few of these swing States and all of a sudden the path for for Biden gets very, very narrow in the same way that, you know, four years ago when Trump lost those swing States,
2: Yep. It was and impossible the, to
1: overcome. The path for him to win became impossible. So, agreed. I'll go there. I think it's, uh, I, there's a lot of, but again, I'll reiterate there is a lot of time between now and November, and a lot of things can and probably will happen. And I still predict chaos. I predict late summer, early fall chaos of some sort that uh, rocks the country.
2: Uh, Hopefully it's not from an economic standpoint.
1: No, I think it will be like social. I think it will be something social or um, riots or um, terrorist attack, domestic terrorist attack. I think there will be something along those lines, late summer, early fall that will rock the race. That's what I think. Hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we have a very calm 2024 and it's prosperous and 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 people feel safe and good and we have an election and someone wins and someone concedes and all of that but I I don't yes. think that I don't think that's realistic. I I think I think we're headed for a very chaotic end of 2024. As, I mean if you're predicting I don't know how you would predict anything else. Neither side is going to accept the loss. I think you're probably right. This isn't going to be the football game where at the end of it, everybody shakes hands and goes to their respective locker rooms and has their chicken sandwich and juice box. This is, nope, nope, this is not going to go that way. So, all right, uh, Martin, before we roll, how can people get in touch with you guys there at Argent? Uh, man,
2: phone the phone is great. 601-957-0323 uh, or email us uh, info at myargent,
1: wealth.com. We will not be back with you on Thursday of next week. We're shooting for maybe the Monday after that. So the Monday we'll do a between two Thursdays. Martin's out of town next Thursday. I'll probably be at the SEC tournament the Thursday after that. So we'll shoot for something maybe on that Monday of spring break week, conference tournament week. If you're a sports person like me, who their life is booked around sports. Uh, it's it's that. So we'll, we'll shoot for that and try to get that to you. And uh, so until then, Uh, Have a great uh, weekend. Have a great week next week. Stay safe out there. And we will talk to you again soon. From Martin Paloma, I'm Neil McCready. Take care.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.